my greatest take back is truly when, because I won't see it now. I won't see what kind of seeds I've implanted in my kids. But I've seen a couple years later, they'll find me on social media and they'll message me or they'll find my email or they'll even write a letter to the school and they'll say, hey, I just want to thank you for that time. That, just that small appreciation, that means the world to me. And that at least speaks to me that says, I did something. I impacted their life in some type of way. That to me has been a joy. And though I may not see it the first year, second year, third year, I've seen it year six, year eight, this year. Welcome to School Me. I'm Renee Carter with the National Education Association, the leading advocacy group for student success. NEA works tirelessly to ensure that you, as educators, have the tools you need to reach, teach, and inspire your students every day. Connecting with your students as an educator is often the first step to a successful school year. Joining us today on School Me is David May, a classroom teacher from San Bernardino, California. He'll be sharing with us some tips and tricks for connecting with your students. And sometimes, as you probably all know, it's easier said than done. Welcome, David. Thanks for joining us. And as I said, you teach in San Bernardino, but could you tell us a little bit more about your school, what you teach? Sure thing, Renee, and thanks for having me. Well, firstly, uh, I am at this middle school for about two years so far. and But prior to that, I was at a K through eight. And I've seen so many types of students out there. I thought I'd seen it all in the past nine years of teaching. But this was new to me. Um, and I knew that there was one thing that was truly missing inside the classroom. And I knew what I needed to do and not just be a teacher for these kids. So today I want to talk to everybody about or anybody who's starting off in their educational career that it takes more than just the knowledge base of what your expertise is. It takes even further as in that heart to teach, that heart to be in that classroom. What do you think the hardest thing for a new teacher is about connecting with students? Well, connection is not going to happen right away. First, you need to establish a type of routine. If you think about it, if you walk into a store, any type of store, you walk into maybe a car shop such as Mercedes-Benz, you already know that there's a culture in there. You walk in there, you know what you might be able to expect, but you're not sure yet. So you may take a, a few moments, but for students, it takes them a little bit longer. When they walk into your culture to how you do things, how you've been brought up, you're dealing with at least for me, 36 different backgrounds that you have to understand. And it's really difficult to just simply say, all right, you're gonna follow my rules. I'm the you know authority figure and you should be listening to me. That's nothing that you should be expecting at all. Never expect your students to know how to act and behave and to actually do things when they walk inside the classroom. And especially when you come at it as an authority figure, right? Right, <laughs> and, and, of course. And probably especially more so even for middle school students. Yes, yes of course. And you know, they're, I, right now I teach seventh grade. Last year I taught eighth grade. Eighth graders, they were already well established. They had a teacher in seventh grade at that school already. They thought they knew it all for, you know, 184 days that they had been with another teacher. So they come inside the classroom and they actually tried to size me up. They actually got in my face and tried to intimidate me. And that was something really new to me. You know, 
Coming in, just don't assume anything about the kid. Don't assume anything about your classroom. Don't assume that you might not even have the materials that you might need in order to be able to do your job. So come in with an open mind and you have to come in with that clean slate every single day. And that's the most important thing for the students. As important as it is to connect with your students, I would imagine it is equally important to connect with other members of the school team, the fellow educators and parents as well. So this whole idea of connecting and building relationships for early career educators is probably pretty important. I would have to say, even with my colleagues, they had this whole sense of, oh, you're really nice. You come across this way. And they actually made presumptions about me as well. And, you know, I actually took that as a challenge. I said, okay, we'll see. Uh, I know, at least from, you know, nine years of being in teaching and, you know, being this far in life. And at least I've noticed how people behave. Sometimes you have to understand them first in order to start connecting with them. And then so I connected that with my students and I connected that with my colleagues. I connected that even further with my parents. Uh, the parents at the school, though, um, if I'm able to reach them, it's really tricky because the moment that they receive a phone call, and I think this, is, this goes with the stigma behind getting a phone call from a teacher, it's automatically, what did my kid do? But I actually started off with just introducing myself. I had to say, hey, I'm Mr. May, I'm their English teacher, and this is who I am. I just want to give you a call. If you need anything, I'm here. And leaving that door open for them. That was, that was a big step. So it wasn't the dreaded call from no, the teacher. It was really the introductory call. It's, it's hard not to. It, it really is. Especially when I know, wow, this is going to be the first time I'm going to call about a behavior problem. I really have to be very strategic on how I say things. And at least the way I put it, I, I like to speak in positive sandwiches, which means I'm gonna start off with a positive. Hey, your son is in my class. He's really bright. He's been doing this, X, Y, and Z. I just say, I have some concerns and I'd like you to look into this. And I, I was hoping that we could work together because the moment that I start saying that we wanna work together with this student, it's a game changer because then it's no longer, oh, I'm trying to get something done. I'm trying to get my own agenda out there. And then of course, ending it with, you know what, thank you so much. I know that your son can benefit from this and he will be even further along as we both continue to work with him. And the partnership sort of changes or the idea of a partnership changes the, the dynamic. Absolutely, absolutely. What happens, as I'm sure it does, you run into a student who is difficult to connect with. How do you manage, how do you navigate that? I made some mistakes about how I had confronted a student about a problem. Um, from what I understand at that age, you know, they're trying to fit in. Uh, you know, they're 12 to 14 years old. They're trying to be cool inside the classroom or they're trying to be cool amongst their peers. And so when I called them out, it was really difficult for me because they fought back and they tried to get their way. They tried to gain that power and that respect back. When I, now when I confront a student, it's more of, hey, I'm going to speak to you after class. I try and really address what I want them to do rather than a behavior. And that's the most important thing. And that was really hard for me. Um, I'm, I'm very impulsive 
as to how I like to do things, or I shouldn't say impulsive. I'm very energetic about it. I get really excited. And energetic and so, is a much better word. <laughs> so me being that energetic, it kind of puts this like, oh my gosh, like what, what's what's going to go on here? And so when someone bites back, I almost get really offended, and I get, I take it personally. And the huge thing that I've taken back. Um, and that I've had to remind myself is the acronym of Q-tip. Quit taking it personally. And so, even if a student is being difficult with me, he's not doing it, or she's not doing it because he or she hates me. It's because they probably went through something, and nobody has really tried to understand them. And what do I need to do to build that relationship back? Students who have been reprimanded in class or have had a bad day, they seek normalcy. They just want things to go back to normal, and sometimes you, as the educator, you have to set that tone for them, because they are just kids. They're just trying to figure out life. Thanks for listening to School Me, and a quick thank you to all the NEA members listening. If you're not yet an NEA member, visit nea.org/yjoin to learn about member benefits. Students know when you are being your authentic self, when yes. it's you, uh, <laughs> and not uh, Mr. May, the teacher, mm-hmm. or Mr. May, whatever persona. How do you、um, make sure that you are showing the real you, the caring you, the guy who wants them to learn and be successful? I constantly have to deal with that. Even nowadays, being a teacher, I have to remind myself, okay. The, the kids—it's it's not even a persona anymore.、Uh, for me, at least, I really try and be authentic as much as I can. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm really transparent. And you're energetic. <laughs> <laughs> and、uh, you know, the kids—they'll joke around. They'll say, you know, like, "Oh, you had caffeine today, Mr. May." I'm like, "Yeah, I—I I, I totally did." You can tell, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. And. The thing is, though, you can't assume that the kid sees you in a specific way either, and you can't assume that they know exactly what you're trying to do. You have to, just like any other human being or any other mature person in your life, or a friend, a family member, my own wife, I have to be really careful and translate what my actions are detailing to. So, if I'm being really stern with a kid, I'm gonna tell them, "Hey." I'm not trying to heat you up. I'm not trying to gas you up. This is not my intention. You know, I have a class to teach, and this is what I need to do. And if you, you know, you you really have to explain that. It, it's really hard. And the reason why I say I recently dealt with it is because last week, a student actually called me and said, "Could I see you after school?" And I said, "Absolutely." And I never expected it out of her. And She said, "Could you call my mom too?" And I was like, "Yeah, absolutely. I'll call your mom. I'll let her know that you're not, you know, doing anything else." And I joked with her. I was like, "What'd you do to make your mom not trust you?" But you know, at the end of it all, she spent that half hour with me after school. I know that's not much, but it was enough.、Uh, another colleague came in, and we were both just helping her out with her homework. But my colleague and I, we we just were loud, and we we love to joke around, and we love to just have fun. It was the end of the day. It was a Friday, so we we're all joking around, and she actually said, "Mr. May." I'm like, yeah, what's up?、And、like, you're, you're different outside of class. You're like, funner. <laughs> Now I wasn't gonna reprimand her about using the word. Yeah. But and I didn't think about it at the time. But on my drive home, I said, oh my gosh, she only saw me in that specific shade, and 
it really is my job to try and be as transparent as I can. Even though I thought I was transparent inside the classroom already. You know, these kids, they, they can't distinguish that. The moment that they walk into to a certain place, like I said, even at Target, and you see a salesperson, that's that's all they can see. It's They have these presumptions and you you have to really teach them those social skills. And you want them to see your fun self so but, that they absolutely. learn, yeah. uh, that, that, that they perceive that you are someone that right. they can identify with or, or relate to. Absolutely. Now, is there a time in the school year that you think you can let your guard down, that you, if, you know, the beginning of the school year, perhaps you're... A, a, talked with someone who says that you can't smile until (laughs) (laughs) as much as I wanted to take that upon myself I I couldn't change who I was imagine you not smiling until December but I will tell you this though and I uh, and this speaks out to any first year teacher or second year or whatnot you have to set your boundaries just like anything in your life, professionally, relationship. personally, financially, you have to set those boundaries. I spend two weeks, the first two weeks, even coming back from either Thanksgiving break, winter break, spring break, I have to take that time to reset my kids and just to remind them, hey, I know what you did at home. I know you were laying around or whatever it is. And I'm not going to presume, of course, but you can't automatically sense that they will come back in and know exactly what you're expecting. There really isn't a time where I quote unquote slack off because the moment I slack off is the moment I just, I lose my kids, you know, Uh, at least for my population. um, I feel that the moment I slack off, the moment they'll take advantage. But if I really want to teach them that in three to four years, they're going to be adults, then I need to teach them, hey, this is how it's going to be. And you're going to have to just shape yourself into it. And every day I read out my expectations, what they need to do, what their appropriate voice volume should be, uh, according to the positive behavior intervention systems that we have, that it's it's every, every single one of my slides, every single, before we even watch a video, I even have to go back over, hey guys, if the video is playing, What's your voice volume? And I have to ask those questions because you can't let up on these kids because the moment they let up on these kids, the moment they might feel that you've already given up on them and now it's it's all fair game. Nine years um, down the road as a, uh, a, a teacher or as an education professional, what do you love most about what you do? My greatest take back is truly when, because I won't see it now, I won't see what kind of seeds I've implanted in my kids. But I've seen a couple years later, they'll find me on social media and they'll message me or they'll find my email or they'll even write a letter to the school and they'll say, hey, I just want to thank you for that time. That, just that small appreciation, that means the world to me. And that at least speaks to me that says, I did something. I impacted their life in some type of way. That to me has been a joy. And though I may not see it the first year, second year, third year, I've seen it year six, year eight, this year. As an educator and, and still comparatively speaking, young in your, your career, yes. when do you think you hit your stride as an educator, as a teacher? I guess if I was being brutally honest, I would say year six. Because, well, the first year I'm getting my feet wet. 
I'm trying to figure out what, what's happening. And I actually translate this not just in the education realm, but at a job. Sure. Yeah, I'd say give it the fifth year. Um, that's when you're really good. I mean, even thinking about a professional sport, are you really a pro at year one, year two? Probably not. I mean, you might have those small tendencies of what makes someone great, but you still have to practice your craft. Hence the reason why we still have our NBA stars, NFL stars, and you know, even the MLB, they constantly are doing spring training or some type of training. They're conditioning their bodies. We as educators, we still need to do that as well. We still need to condition ourselves. We need to train ourselves back into mindset. It's so easy to just let things go or just say, all right, I think I got it handled. I mean, even though I say year five, I, I've, I've reached my stride. There's always something I can learn. There's always something. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't yet, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of School Me. And be sure to download the NEA Today app for NEA's member magazines and the latest education advice, tips, and news.